Hey everyone, it's Sammy and Allison. And today we're continuing on our journey through our past life memories. Um, if you haven't checked out our part one video, you can give that a listen, but these are disconnected stories. Well, I guess not fully disconnected, but these you don't necessarily have to listen to part one to listen to this next part. Um, so, but you, want to. But you, you probably want to. Yeah. It's very exciting, me talking for 42 minutes. <laughs> it's pretty fun stories, though. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so today we're going to dive into the next section of Past Life Memories, which is all about these people called the Essenes. Yes. So... One day I'm just sitting there and I'm super bored with all the music that I listen to. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start up audiobooks again. It's a thing I do. I like take turns and listen to audiobooks for like two months. And then I listen to new music for two months. It's a really fun game I play. And I remembered that Allison had been working on a list of books for her mentors to read. And I was like, man, I'll check these out. She's incredibly well read. Um, there's no way in my lifetime I'll ever be able to catch up with her on all the books that she's read. And so I pop into the list and I'm just trying to find something cool. And I see this book by Dolores Cannon and I'm like, okay, cool. I've read a bunch of stuff by Brian Weiss, Weiss, mm -hmm. um, the other guy that does a lot of books on past life regression. I'm going to dive into Dolores Cannon and see what she has to say. I've only seen her on YouTube videos before. This will be interesting because I'm super into past life stuff. Always have been my entire life. Well, I always have been since I understood the concept of reincarnation. And then I was like, Ooh, I wonder how many times I've reincarnated <laughs> my whole entire life. I haven't even known about reincarnation. So just to be clear on that aspect, um, we take you to court later. Yeah. But you said this one time, this one place. I'm always annoyingly clear. Yeah. I love <laughs> so. it. Hashtag teacher. Um, I'm looking through the Dolores Cannon book that she said on her list to read. And this other book pops up, Jesus and the Essenes. Now, at this time, I'm struggling a lot with religion and angels specifically because my angel radio had kind of kicked on and I had been listening to a bunch of angel talk. But I grew my parents grew up in a religious cult. And so I have a lot of anger and aggression towards religion because even after they left the cult, my mom sort of joined a, a non-denominational Christian church that was a cult. Uh, it wasn't a cult. It was shady AF. Um, so they, it was all about power and taking other people's power and who was in charge. And it was very uncomfortable. It was they like, failed the cult check. It's a big competitive, nonsensical silliness of, you know, northern indie suburb style too many wealthy white people with nothing else to do but backstab each other situation so i'm already pretty angry about um about religion at this time and i get really aggressive when i see this title and for me any strong emotional reaction to something is usually a pretty big indicator that I'm supposed to dive into it, be it positive or negative. When mm -hmm. I have that strong reaction, it's like, okay, I've got to figure out why my reaction is so strong to this. And I remember being a kid in church and I remember hearing the stories of Jesus and the disciples and thinking, man, I just don't know if I believe that that's the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Like it seems like it's always somebody else's take on something. So here I go diving into Dolores Cannon's book, Jesus and the Essenes. And it follows this gentleman named Sidi. Uh, well, it follows a, a woman that she names Katie in the book, who is one of those rare people who is able to go into past life regression 
really, really quickly with ease. And she can kind of create a code system to get her into that state. And Dolores sets this all up beautifully. So it's very much more understandable than how I'm explaining it currently. And she goes until she finds this gentleman gentleman named Sadi. And Sadi, she finds him originally traveling to his cousins in Nazareth. And she doesn't really know anything about the Jewish culture at that time or about that part of the world in that time period that Sadi is discussing. So this is all just kind of her and her other partner sitting in the room with her trying to figure out what's going on at the beginning. And as you go through the book, you find out that Sadi was actually one of the teachers of Jesus when he was younger. Jesus and his brother, it's Josh, right? Josh is the one who does all the baptizing. No, John, John the Baptist, right? So John the Baptist and Jesus actually were educated together as children. And so Sidi was one of their educators. They had traveled um, to the temple of Isis to learn. They had traveled all over to all of these different, to the Druids. Yeah. Yeah, Basically anywhere where the Kalu had set up shop, Jesus and, and John traveled to learn when they were children. And so who are the Kalu? Um, the Kalu were the Atlantinians after that fell, and they traveled around kind of setting up societies that mirrored their own or held some truths that they believed um, in their society. They taught them a lot about science and math. They and the taught stars, yeah. the stars, the mysteries of the universe, right? These were the people that were keeping those things. So all the great libraries that you've heard of, the Library of Alexandria, all of that, all were protected by the peoples of the collect the people of the Kalu people set up societies to basically protect that knowledge. And so Jesus's mother was born into the Essenes. Now, backstory on Jesus from what we've learned from these from this book. And then we I ended up getting really excited about it, like four chapters in, and I'm driving over to Allison's house and I'm like, Hey, have you read this book, Dolores Cannon, Jesus in the Essenes? And she's like, I've read every book in the world. And I was like, great. <laughs> Do you remember any of it? And she's like, not a lot of it. And I was like, great. So I'm sharing with her parts of the book. And of course, she can't stay awake during like almost any of this book, yeah. right? Because it's like, it's super technical. It's how they built the Essenes, built their communities, their society. It's all the rules. It's all the like regulation, all the stuff that's just really not for Allison. It's really more for, for, you. for the Pentacap, <laughs> yeah. for me. Um, to understand how things were structured and how they worked best with their crew. Anyways, so we're going through, <laughs> we're going through, and she's falling asleep, and I'm just like drinking up every single word because finally, finally, to me, the Bible, that time, Jesus, the people, all of that is making sense to me. I'm like, yeah, this feels intuitively correct. Like I can't explain it, but I love this, and it was hilariously exactly the same communities that we had been talking about for a year building. Mm-hmm. And the Essenes already did it. They already did it in the time before Jesus even arrived on this planet. And I, I mean, it was, it was so, it was this moment of like complete hope um, and joy for me, understanding that a roadmap kind of already existed. Of course, we'd have to change it based on our culture and time period, but there was a roadmap, you guys. We weren't just like making this up from scratch. Other people had done it. The Kalu had been there to set it up all over the all over the globe for all these other tribes and people to to take care of. Yeah, so, millions of humans. Yeah, so amazing stuff. And um, we're reading through this book. I heavily encourage you to read Jesus and the Essenes by Dolores Cannon and the Essenes, 
Children of the Light by Joanna Prentice and Stuart Wilson. Mm. Um, great books. Dive into that. But back to the past life thing, why this relates to this episode at all. Um, Allison and I are like, hey, in this in the book, The Essenes, Children of the Light, Joanna and Stuart regress two people that were friends in this life that were also in the same time of the Essenes. And I was like, wait, you can do that? And yeah. And Allison's like, I guess you can do that. And we were like, so the only person we really like could think of that would want to go that creative with us is Wendy Waddell. So Allison reaches out to Wendy and she's like, hey, Wendy, Sam and I want to try this wild thing being regressed at the same time. Do you want to dive into that? And Wendy's amazing. So, of course, she's like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. 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 It was it was amazing. So we schedule up a time for Wendy to regress us both. And the first life we get regressed into, I am a mer person, I guess I would describe it. And she's like, are you inside or outside? I'm like, kind of both. Um, she's like, what time is it? Or she's like, how old are you? And I'm like, irrelevant. And she's like, okay, well, what time period do you think it might be? Past, future? I'm like, eh, irrelevant. And it's like, she's like, okay, moving on. And she goes to Allison and Allison's like, I don't really like people. And half my body is on fire. I'm just angry floating in space. She's mad. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, nobody understands how to make rocks correctly. And no one's, no one's figuring out, you know, no one can do their job well enough. And everything's really fake and horrible. And all of a sudden, Wendy goes, are you out of control panel, Allison? And Allison's like, yes. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay. So basically, we figure out through this first regression that Allison and I are in a time period where we're both in the spiritual realm. And what's happening is on Allison's side of things, they're creating simulations, we think, to help people who are going to be spirit guides be able to understand their charges, essentially. So. I was being turned into an Atlantinian um, because I was going to have be able to, I was going to be in charge of helping out some Atlantinians. And essentially they turn you into that and put you through a simulated life that way. So you can kind of experience what it's like to be that being to give you better information. Now, obviously this is not the greatest plan in the world, right? Because just because you're pretending to be that person for a short minute doesn't really give you all of the insight into um, not being aware um, that things are a simulation. So Allison's mad. Nobody can do their job well. This whole thing is tanking. And I'm mad on my side because of what I'm understanding is I was going to be a spirit guide in the time where everything was going to be crashing in Atlantis and very, very frustrated with the fact that they were getting ready to lose the light and things were going to change. And I was very upset for my my charges basically that I was getting ready to go to. It was, it was not an easy task to be a spirit guide during that time. And so Wendy's like, okay guys, is this the, is this the life that you're hoping to go back to? <laughs> and we were like, no, this isn't where we plan to go. This is just kind of where we got brought to. And she's like, well, let's try to go back out of this and see if we can't go back into another life. And she always, she started with me both times and she goes, okay, Sam, what's going on? And I said, well, um, she's like, look down at your feet. 
I said, I'm, you know, what did they look like? And I was like, I have bare feet. She's like, where are you? I was like a tiny shack with a bunch of straw and hay all around. I'm chained to the wall. Um, essentially I was a black boy who was enslaved with a group of people in a very deserted area, but they were still trying, they were still growing crops. Um, so there was this like irrigation system and way for them to grow crops still. Um, but I was basically chained to this shed, asked to do work, but nobody was home. And she jumps to Allison and is like, all right, Allison, you know, look down, describe yourself. And, and she gets stuck on her hair, you guys. My hair, it's so beautiful. Dude. It's so perfect. I love it. Like, for a long time. Minutes. minutes. Yeah. And to the point where Wendy goes, okay, Allison, <laughs> can we maybe move past the hair? Your hair is so beautiful. Um, and move on to what you're doing. Can you guys see one another? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm still going on about my hair. Yeah. So she's just mourning the loss of this insanely gorgeous hair. You know, she has to keep her hair covered in this time period because women aren't allowed to show their hair. Um, it's very, very sad. And um, <laughs> it's the bane of her existence. The fact that this hair does not belong to her in our current reality. Accurate. Um, <laughs> so we move on. And I said, yes, I can see Allison. Um, she sees me, she's traveling with a group of men and women and we make eye contact. And then Allison, if you want to fill in the story from there. Yep. So when I see Sammy, um, I, I'm like, I've like lost my mind because I'm, I see this little child chained to a wall and is just emaciated and has these beautiful bright eyes and is really just, I can tell it's just full of love. And so <clears throat> because of the times, I have to ask my partner to purchase said Sammy so we can free them, him, him. Mm-hmm. You were in him at that time. And um, that's what we did. So I sauntered over and said my words. Well, I really, I didn't really speak very much. I actually just looked. <laughs> I gave the look. And then, um, my partner said, yeah, let's do it. Of course, you know, anyone we see would, we'd, you know, we were funded by some pretty wealthy people. So we could just go around and basically buy slaves and free them. It's pretty great. Um, and, and so we did that. And then Sammy came along with us and traveled. And um, we ended up in um, kind of leaving him um, to study with um, some of the groups of women and men um, in the library, specifically the Library of Alexandria. But you spent a lot of time with us just mm-hmm. roaming and healing and stuff. Yeah, basically, they tried to educate me, but I was about 12 when they got me. And so by Jewish law, at about 14, I was a man. So um, I was kind of like seen as unteachable, but the women would read the stories aloud to me, kind of like an oral history almost. And I was able to grasp the understanding of difficult concepts through just speaking with the women that were there. The men, um, she, she, she zoomed us forward at this point in time, and we were all in the Library of Alexandria. And the men were all arguing about how this place was going to get it's going to get caught on fire and destroyed and what were they going to do? And they're arguing and they're fighting. And then there's the circle of 12 women. Um, and they are all like communicating telepathically. And then they break out into groups 
and they start just like taking scrolls. Like mm-hmm. to me, it was random scrolls. I think we've now discovered that they were specific scrolls for codes that we might need in later lives that they were taking and hiding and kind of putting in their own being, which is mm-hmm. wild to me that we knew how to do that. Like, yeah, we could absorb it by touching it and upload it to our Akashic records. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, uh, the Akashic records, librarians and scribes and clerks would move them based on our request. Side note that you can do that. <laughs> cool. Cool thing that we learned during that, yeah. that journey, if you will. And the men are all arguing and I see Jeshua and I go to him. He's got these, the eyes. Everyone always talks about his eyes, the bluest of blue eyes, just charismatic and caring. And I look at him and I say, I'm a man now. And he smiles and he's, and I say, I want to go with them. I want to go with the women. I can defend them because I'm a man now and I'm strong and I'm capable enough. And Jeshua kind of smiles and laughs and he says, I'm not going to be the one to tell you what your path is. Basically. Um, And so we move forward from that time. And the next memory I have is after Jeshua has passed and the women are still kind of moving towards, they get surrounded by a group of people, angry people. And um, I ended up protecting Allison and getting stabbed in the incarnational star region and like right above the breast or right below the breasts. Yeah, like up, up towards the heart. Mm-hmm. And I end up bleeding out. But I did my job, right? I protected the women to the best of my ability. And so that was that life. And Wendy brought us out and she's like, so how are you feeling about that? You know, and I was like, mad, I'm mad, I'm mad <laughs> that the men were so angry towards one another and couldn't figure it out. It was just so frustrating that they couldn't work together like the women and they couldn't share the power. And it was all about whose idea was going to get picked first. And, Oh, you're not understanding. I know better than you, a bunch of machismo stuff. Right. And the women were just like telepathically working together, communicating and moving as one unit. Um, And I'm mad that I had to die because people are idiots. And Wendy's like, Oh no, I never want anyone to leave a session angry. Like it, that's so not her way. Like she gently, she helps healing. people work through it. It's like very, it's usually very healing. Like it's very, um, you get to release that karma. You get to release that lesson. But I think because this wasn't a normal session where we were going back to release karma, our intent was to gain knowledge that our guides kind of, changed it up what what you would normally receive when you receive a regression was um slightly different so yeah typical regression uh, especially with wendy is going back and healing the, those moments to help heal the whole heart space right because you carry you carry your trauma through all of your lives and there are lessons that are learned that need to be learned well we want to learn over and over again or we want to keep doing until we learn it. So past life regressions is a great way to go back and heal it at its source. Um, and so that's typically what happens. But the, yeah, right. That wasn't our agenda. We're like, we need to learn things. Can we learn things? Can we do this? Is it even possible? Right? Because that was the cool part is mm-hmm. we saw two people do. And we're like, well, why can't we do it? If they can, so can we. Right? Because we're all one. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And it did leave me with hope. I mean, I was frustrated about the situation, but it left me with this hope that we've already come here and we've done this once before. We've created these societies before. We've all come together before. 
why can't we do it again this time, but do it better? So I felt like it really enforced the mission of Pelusian life and the fact that we are really going to be able to create these spaces of coming together with everyone's different gifts and making the world a better place and society, a different place to live. And so while I was frustrated about the situation, I was hopeful about the fact that we've already done this once before. So it really can't be that complicated. Like I just felt like we could duplicate it and using Dolores's book as a roadmap for what Sadi explained about the Essenes. I was like, you know, we can take their stuff and make it better, but steal a lot of it too and use it for our benefit. I mean, is it really stealing if you were from the group of people that created it, I guess? Well, and the idea was to spread that throughout the world and work in a collective unit Mm -hmm. overall what was best for being cohesive with the environment around us too yeah because some were nomadic and just traveled right everybody it was about following your true heart yeah so that is the last past life regression we had i want to say that was like three weeks ago that we did that regression, maybe a month ago. I think it's been longer than that. Might've been two months ago. That, Time. Uh, between a month to two months ago, we did that regression. Um, again, I like to be very clear and concise about what the truths that I'm aware of. And we have been, things have gotten busy for us, powerful for us. Um, since that moment, we have come into some people who are willing to donate Um, land, time, and money on the project that we've been developing for over a year. And it just felt like that was a big chunk of the missing piece of us getting together to do this thing for real. The next thing we'd like to talk about is something that happens occasionally when you do a past life regression, which is future lives. I had a regression once where I Two of them were past life regressions, and then the middle one was actually a future life regression. But of course, you don't really know this going in. I was asked to go through a cave and go through a door, and she asked me to describe the door. The door was this metallic, sort of black, obsidian-looking door, and I go through it, and I'm very tall, very, very tall being. And she says, look down at your feet. What are you wearing? And I'm wearing flats, essentially. Like I'm in what I recognize as business attire. So none of it really is clear or clearly seen through. Um, I understand this after many months after I've had this regression with this person because they aren't really a part of our soul tribe. And there were some things in there that were kept secret for a reason during the regression. And she says, well, where are you? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm at my place of business. It's this giant building. And none of the, none of the people are really clearly focused either. And one of my spirit guides kind of pops into my ear mid regression, which is interesting and says, hey, you're just not ready to see what this is. It might scare you. So we're keeping things really vague and we're going to use some of your Claire Cog abilities and just sort of give you a knowing versus a seeing of what's going on. And I'm like, cool, clear, heard. Um, And so we're moving through the space and she's like, take me to your office. Do you want to take me to your office? Do you want to take me home? She's basically trying to put me for information because at this point when I'm like, you know, they're metallics, but they're not like metallics we've had on the earth. And like the leaves are like 
green, but they also have a lot of blue in them. So everything I'm saying kind of leads her to believe we're maybe not on earth during this life. And so she's pumping me full of questions, trying to figure out which planet we're on, what the people are doing, and maybe potentially she thinks that we might be in a future life. So she's trying to gain some information into what's going on in this future life. And she says, do you want to take me to your house? I'm like, no, I really want to go to my office space. So we walk to my office and I'm reading through my notes and the clear cog kicks in that my guides were talking about. And I actually see Allison walk in. She's one of my um, she's one of my assistants or colleagues who's working on the, a very similar project to me. And we're oh, we're talking about how in this time in the future, people have gone way too far into the spiritual realm to the point where they're kind of like. You know those TVs and movie shows where they like people live in virtual reality and yeah. then they end up like letting their body atrophy and stuff because they get addicted to being in virtual reality. So we're that's basically happening to our people on this planet except for people are diving into the spiritual realm. They're doing journeys, they're doing meditations and they're getting trapped and wanting to live more in the spiritual realm than take care of their 3D bodies. So very much the opposite of the work we're doing here yeah. where we're trying to wake people up and get them into their spiritual journey more and living more in the spirit realm. We're doing the opposite on this planet. And it was interesting because my fiance in this life was my husband in that life. And my guides let me know that our daughter in that future life is going to be our firstborn daughter in this life too. So it, there were a lot of beautiful parallels there. And I got to see that whole life and what a beautiful life it is. And we flash forward to my deathbed and she says to me, is there anything you'd want to go back and do or change or fix? And I'm like, no, I'm so complete. Like my work isn't done here. Not all of my research has necessarily led to fixing the whole planet, but I feel like the people that are in charge of taking this over can do it without me. And the work that I have done, <clears throat> excuse me, has made me feel really complete and happy. So that was a really beautiful sandwiched between two very traumatic past lives, a very beautiful future life. And there was something that gave me so much hope because it was like, you know, and even the past life regression therapist who was doing that work with me said, you must have done something from between now and then to earn yourself such a a great, interesting, fulfilling life. Um, and, and whether that's true or not true, because we're all playing these different parts and we're all these different fractals moving in different times and pieces. It made me feel really great about, again, it was just another moment of hope where I'm like, we can do this, you guys, we can change the way we live in society. We can win, we can overcome, we can prevail. So that is the story of my past life regressions and future life regressions in a nutshell. There's been a couple of more, a couple more. And again, I see a couple of people's past lives every once in a while that we haven't discussed here. But if we went on and on and on about past life regressions, I think we would be here for about four episodes. Um, I'm not sad about that. <laughs> I know we can both talk about past life stuff we, for forever. I will be doing more because it's fun. Yeah, I think as pieces come up, if you guys are interested in that, we would love to share additional pieces as they come to the forefront with you. And um, I would absolutely love to hear your guys' past life experiences. I know after the last episode, we did have someone reaching out saying that they also dream people's past lives. Cool. That was really cool. Made me feel very much not alone in my gift set. 
So I, we always appreciate emails from everybody who's listening. Um, but I think that wraps up this episode today. Do, 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 do. <laughs> and we will see you next week for a totally different topic. See you then.